0: This episode of Holy Connolly has some grown-up words that might not be appropriate for little ears. You've been warned. <laughs> 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 okay, it's episode four.
1: Hi, guys. Wendy Gapastone <laughs> and Tony Gapastone here. And this episode is one where Tony is telling his story, how he came to faith, challenging high school years, how he came to California, and what led him to the shift in major job change.
0: The shift. We're talking about the shift today. Oh but I also have to warn you all that I did it without Wendy. So everybody who's been messaging saying, we love Wendy. Wendy's the greatest part of the oh, podcast. Thank you. People have been saying you're the greatest part of the podcast. Now I'm kind of like, Okay. <laughs> That is awesome. But I'm sorry to let you down, podcast strangers, addicts, and listeners. uh, This one is just about me. And so (laughs) I did this without Wendy one day. She was at work. I don't know. And I took the podcast in our old bedroom. And so the quality is not that great because I don't think I had the right switch on. I don't know. So just know that it sounds like I'm talking on my phone. But that's all right because some podcasts sound like that.
1: And at this point, when you were recording, you hadn't settled on a name for the podcast. So you're going to hear him go through <laughs> brainstorming as he talks. Oh, maybe that would be a good name for the podcast. But obviously, you have settled on Holy
0: Cannoli. We, well, honey, we we settled oh, okay. on Holy Cannoli. If you're just listening for the first time with episode four, go back and listen to episode one and two and three. So you can, especially at episode two, hear how we came to the name.
1: So you're going to enjoy this. I, one thing I'd like some of the Illinois listeners to chime in on is the pronunciation.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Of the word Illinois.
0: Illinois. <laughs> Wendy says I say Illinois r- differently or weird.
1: I feel like you say it with an A.
0: Illinois. A Illinois. Guy. Okay. So Chicago, Illinois people, can you chime in on the podcast Facebook page? What is the deal? Do you hear it in my Illinois pronunciation?
1: And do you say it like that? Because you should be the experts. Like we all should be saying it the way you do, if that's the right way. Well,
0: I feel like I'm a transplant now. So Illinois, I'm sorry. I might be saying it wrong. I don't know.
1: Illinois. Listen and see if you guys hear it. (laughs) It's in there.
0: (laughs) Okay. Anything else now?
1: can't think of anything
0: else do you want to um critique or riff or comment on anything in between like should we stop the podcast in between and have you chime in because people who like you so much will like it better
1: i don't think so i don't think there's a lot to chime in on unless you want this to be like a two hour long episode which i could ask you more questions but
0: some podcasts are two hours we're trying to keep this under an hour we're trying to keep it around the half hour maybe 45 minute mark yeah Okay. All right, so.
1: So enjoy.
0: You are listening to the Holy Cannoli podcast. It's all about making sense of life, who we are, and why we're here. Life is sacred and life is strange. And, and here's, here's our, our dad, dad, Tony Gaffistone. Hey, strangers, what's up? This is Tony Gaffistone. Coming at you for my first podcast in a while. Now I'm going to say in a while because I have done podcasts in the past, but they weren't really my podcast. As in, they weren't podcasts that I had total freedom to talk and speak about anything I wanted to. They were done through the organization that I was a part of, and so in some ways, this is a rebirth. I'm all about rebirth and new birth, and this time of my life, especially you don't know who I am, I am, what am I, who am I, oh my gosh, I am a enigma to myself and to the world at this point. I have just resigned. At this point, I am starting this podcast that I want to call Whack Job, but we'll see what I actually call it. I'm starting this podcast in faith that by the time June 1st, 2018 rolls around, I'll have everything figured out, but who knows, I'm not banking on that either. I am going to be using this podcast as a way for myself to tell stories, to refine my voice, to figure out again who I am, to remind myself who I am, and to ask anybody who wants to come on the journey to jump on with me and to do voices anytime I feel like it. Why? I don't know because I can. So. This is who I am, Tony Gapastone, spelled G-A-P-A-S-T-I-O-N-E. If you're Italian, you could say Capastione every time I went to Italy, which is about six times in my life. It was the best. Oh, ciao, buongiorno, Tony Capastione. I love my last name. But in English, we just say Gapastone. Or if you really want to say it funny, in a funny way, you could say Gapastone. Not my favorite, but I'll give you some grace on that one. And... I have just resigned, as I said, from a job that I spent 20 years of my life, 20 great years, 20 crazy years, 20 years of exploring my faith, of using my skills and abilities. Those of you who don't know me, I live in Redwood City, California, and at this point, who knows, maybe it's I lived in Redwood City, California. I moved out from Chicago, Illinois, born and raised 20-some years of my life in Illinois. I was born in Evanston, lived in all different sorts of places in Illinois, like Algonquin, Buffalo Grove, Rockford, uh, Poplar Grove, then back to Chicago where I went to North Park University, and I graduated college there and then came to Redwood City, California to start in what was 20 years of my life. I worked as a vocational minister, pastor in Peninsula Covenant Church in Redwood City, California. I was the college pastor, the young adult pastor, which was like, hey, you're the cool guy. I got to stay out late, go to Denny's. I went to Denny's so much in my first 10 years of working in Redwood City. I love curly seasoned fries. I think that's what they have there, and shakes, and I gained a lot of weight. But that's what that was my life, talking to people about God, and encouraging people, and discipling people, and helping people understand uh, the Bible. Really, as I was trying to understand the Bible, Uh, my story is I came to know a true deep faith when I was about 17 years old. It was the summer before my senior year of high school, and it was a wacky time in my life. I was trying to make sense of my life, as everyone is in high school. I'm still trying to understand who the heck I am. But when you're 17, uh, or at least when I was 17, I was a poser, and I wanted to make people like me, wasn't a jock whatsoever, but I went to this really po-dunk high school with lots of rednecks and I did not fit in. Nothing against rednecks, I love you. If you're a redneck, I love you, but um, the funny thing is the tables are turned when you're not a redneck, rednecks make fun of you and beat you up uh, as opposed to people usually wanting to beat up rednecks, which I didn't want to do either, but I was often trying to avoid those situations by drinking and partying with everybody because that's how you make friends with people like that. And that sounds weird, I don't want to say people like that, it sounds um, mean, I don't want to be mean on this podcast but that's my story, anyhow, 17 years old, I had these two great friends, shout out to Rob and Jason Yates who were jocks but also artists because I was in art class with them, I was a super thespian I found my life and found my identity in the theater. Shout out to Mrs. Brown, who is my high school theater teacher and art teacher, because you have to have two jobs like that to make it as a high school teacher. And she saw lots of stuff in me and gave me lots of parts, and I loved it. And that's really what I thought I wanted to do with my life. I remember being like 12 years old, coming to visit my grandma in LA. She lived in Los Angeles, and I was at Venice Beach. And I'm going... Off the rails here, but hey, it's my first podcast, and who knows if we're gonna use any of this. And I was on the the beach, Venice Beach, and I remember reading this uh, this paper. It was like the called the trades where they would post jobs, casting jobs, and what was happening in Hollywood. And I remember saying to myself, "I'm gonna be here someday." That was always my dream. I always wanted to be involved in the entertainment industry. I loved acting, and I, uh. So, yeah, I always wanted to be an actor. I was really excited about that creative part of um, my life. I loved auditioning and especially getting roles and had a ton of experience through high school and college in the theater world. But when I was 17, I, my life was changed in such a good way. I really learned about Jesus. I'd always kind of called myself a Christian, quote-unquote, if you will. I grew up quasi-Catholic, which, you know, in my um understanding how I describe that is, I definitely believe there was a God. I went to a mass here and there. My family would say we were Catholic just because we were Italian. I wore saints around my neck. I had a Bible. I loved doing the sign of the cross. I still do the sign of the cross, which is like you touch your forehead, you touch the middle of your chest, you touch your left shoulder, and then your right shoulder. And it's this significant symbolism to identifying yourself with the cross and with Jesus. And it's actually still powerful for me. Sometimes it could seem rote and religious, but I do that occasionally. To remind myself of the sacredness of life, the sacredness of my, my breath, my body, my identity, my calling, my everything, my being. So I would call myself quasi-Catholic, but when I was 17, I really embraced Jesus in this crazy way. Which if you ask some of my family and friends, I thought I was in a cult. <laughs> they thought I went a little bit too Jesus crazy. You, you like Jesus a little too much. I remember even my grandma saying, "You're young. Why are you why are you doing this to yourself? You're young. You need to explore and and have sex and do all that kind of stuff when you're young." Because I was saying, "I'm not going to have sex anymore. I'm going to be a good person. I want to honor God with my body." And I just was super uber extremely Jesus, and in some way I still am, just differently. I think that's what I need to explore more, but. Life was changed, and I felt at that point, I started to get the message that my passions, my dreams for the entertainment world and or for Hollywood were really like of Satan. (laughs) Not really. I didn't really hear that explicitly, but here's what I did here. I was in a play, actually. This was like a year or two into my um, faith journey. I was in community college. I was a part of this great church in Rockford, Illinois. I loved it. A great community, great friends. I really had a huge kind of like transplant of people in my life. And it was in such a healthy way because I had kind of fallen in with some crazy things in high school. And uh, the church community really embraced me. But I was in this play, Romeo and Juliet. And I love Shakespeare. I still love Shakespeare. I still love acting Shakespeare, watching Shakespeare, seeing Shakespeare. And I was in Romeo and Juliet playing Romeo, and the theater director had it in his druthers. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but he directed me to uh, be naked on stage. Not fully naked, but I had to show my bum bum. (laughs) Uh, Cool thing is, Romeo and Juliet only slept together after they were married, so I felt good about that. I was having sex after marriage in the play. You know what I'm saying. Showing that after we had had sex, we had to wake up in the bed. And oh, I had to leave because the nurse was coming in, if you know the story. And these, the Montagues and the Capulets were these arch enemies. So I had to crawl out the window and I was naked in the bed, but I had to kind of get dressed on stage and show my butt. And I'll never forget because I invited the whole church. I was super excited about it. My whole youth group came. And after the show, I just could tell something was off. Tony, <laughs> that was great. I also had to kiss, you know, on stage, and I get it. It was awkward. You saw my ass. Okay, I just said that word, and I have to decide, do I want to be a podcast that does that? Because I'm getting more and more comfortable with that type of fun language done in a way that, you know, is fun. I don't want to offend people. I already offend people way too much sometimes, but I'm becoming more and more free, I think, in who I am. So anyway, they saw my butt, my butt cheeks, both of them and it made them feel uncomfortable. So I was taking under the wing of certain mentors during that time, and what they really shepherded me into was, hey, you are creative, you do have these acting abilities, and you can tell stories, and you're fun, and people like, you know, what you can do. Let's really find a place to do that in a holy church way, so that you don't get led astray, especially by the theater community. Now, the world is a big, bad, scary place at times, and I get it when a 17, 18-year-old teenager is trying to find his way, and uh, I had been involved in a lot of things in high school that did scar me, um, you know, sexual experimentation. and and promiscuity and pornography and all this stuff. So, in some way, I was, I did receive that in a good way. I'm Like, yeah, okay, you're right. I don't want to get sucked into the, the pit of hell and have a, a porn addiction or a, be a meth addict or whatever. Not that they were saying those things, but kind of the way. So, I became the church actor. Anytime the church needed a, a sketch written, I would write it, I would act in it that point, we weren't doing videos as much because it was the nineties. Um, but I did have my dad's big video camera, and so I would was you know experimenting with certain you know things that I had to do it on a huge VHS tape and edit it, it was super long and um, hard. Anyway, point of the story is, my dreams for acting in Hollywood sort of were put on hold. I, I felt that. What I was told was the best way to use my gifts for God was on a Sunday and at youth group on Wednesday. And I actually was okay with that. It was fulfilling for a good long time. And I did everything from miming, exercising demons, uh, and playing Joseph in the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, and doing anything that had to do with a church type of play. So fast forward, I went to, you know, at that point, I kind of gave up my my dream of Hollywood and, and, and Los Angeles, and I kind of really felt strongly in a good way, and I still feel like it was a good thing, and I still felt this calling in my life. I felt, because I had been impacted by people for God who had pastored me and showed me this sacredness, this whole other sacredness of life uh, in a practice of prayer and reading the Bible and things like that, I felt a call as well to go into a vocational role of ministry just like that. Shout out to Dave Bates, who actually was a great example of this in a different way for my life. He was a probation officer, worked in juvenile hall, and he was recently married when I got to meet him. And he took me in because I had nowhere to live for a a part of my life. There were some challenges going on in my family that we'll probably get into on this podcast. And I had to, I was living in my car for a week and living with some friends. And he took me in and then, Eventually uh, found me another place to live, but he demonstrated how he had this awesome job, a a secular marketplace job as a juvenile hall officer, and then he also was a part-time pastor, and there was something about that that really drew me to want to do the same thing. I saw how much he loved kids, students, myself. He loved me. And my friends, and he was a cool guy. He didn't overly, he wasn't overly cool. He wasn't trying to be cool. He just was a cool, genuine, authentic dude. And something about that really impacted me. So when I was moving on from community college, which I had to, which I did, three years of community college. Not so proud about that, but was what it was. I had to work two or three jobs. I was in retail. Working at the Buckle in Cherryvale Mall in Rockford. So, if anybody in Rockford is listening to this, and I think the Buckle still exists, I think I remember the, I think I remember the the jingle. Give me a second. <coughs> <coughs> we speak your language, the Buckle. That's right. I actually had a nickname. I was called TJ Buckle. TJ Buckle, that's, that was my nickname because my name is Tony James. All my family, just so you know, on my dad's side calls me AJ because there's a million Tonys in our family, including my dad and grandfather. And I always loved the nickname AJ, but I was really protective of that name. I only wanted my family, my blood to call me AJ. And so people would try to call me AJ. I would say, no, no, don't, don't call me AJ. Call me TJ. And so TJ Buckle just was birthed. So I worked at the buckle in Cherryvale Mall, I worked at Cheddar's restaurant, which I think is now out of business. and I work at, I worked at Sam's pizzeria who was owned by a guy named Gino, and I forget his last name, but if Sam's pizzeria in Rockford, Illinois still exists, I loved working there. They were super uber Italian and um, really cheap, but cheap meaning like they ran that business like to the penny. And they were good at it. And that's why they survived because they were, I shouldn't say cheap because that sounds negative. They were frugal. I just remember we would get like only so much food free and then we had to pay half off. And, you know, like I would, i literally at that time was eating it. People left their pizza and they didn't take it in a leftover doggy bag. I would take it home because I was living myself so cheaply and trying to make it work while pursuing my um, AA degree in community college. I did every single theater show possible. I was super involved in the youth group. I was living you know, with um, my pastor's uncle because then I had to pay rent and blah, 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 blah. So three years of doing community college, I felt like now I'm moving on. What am I going to do? Well, I'm going to go to a Bible college and I'm going to get my bachelor's degree in biblical studies. And I did. I went to North Park University, which at that time, I had no idea that there were even colleges that existed that were solely focused on things like this. So I lived in Illinois, and I think at that time there was three or four colleges that were called, quote, unquote, Christian colleges, which that's a whole other beef that I have is how can anything be Christian that's not a person? How could a book be Christian, or how could a college, or how could a CD, or how could a, an English muffin be Christian? Whole other podcast. But we'll talk about that. Uh, that Maybe I should call this podcast something like that. i got to figure out a good name for this podcast. Anyhow, where was I? Oh, yeah. So North Park University, I applied to Trinity in Illinois. I applied to Moody Bible Institute, Wheaton, and North Park, four different colleges that had the particular degree that I felt I was going to become a pastor. I was going to go into ministry full-time. I went to North Park because North Park University gave me the most money, and thank you very much, NPU. And... North Park did not have a dress code, and you could dance. Unlike some of the other colleges, like I think Wheaton, you couldn't dance, and Moody, you had to wear a uniform, and you couldn't dance. And I hella loved to dance. So at that time, I was like, yep, I'm not going to sign a contract that says I can't dance. So I went to North Park University on the north side of Chicago, Foster and Kedzie, and it was some of the best couple years of my life. I made some great friendships. I really grew a ton in understanding the love and grace and freedom of God I learned what it was to worship. I really learned what it was to be part of this greater body of believers, and that phrase is even a weird thing if you're listening to this going, what body of believers? Every time I hear body of believers, I think of body of water. Anyhow, we'll get into that kind of stuff too on this podcast, Um, language and, and how Christians and we sometimes talk and can be weird. Maybe that's what I'll call it. We can be weird. We can be weird, and maybe that's it. We need to embrace the weird. I'm cool with embracing the weird. I am. That's another thing. I have realized in this time, this transition in these past 20 years. <laughs> that's a lot of things to learn in a lot of time. That I really am an awkward person. I might put, you know, hair product in my hair and have a wallet chain, and like um, to have facial hair, but I feel like I'm a mess all the time. Inside, I'm just a mess. I. I like to look like I'm together, but I don't know what the beepity beep, 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 beep I'm doing half the time. I'm just trying to figure it out as a husband, as a dad, as a pastor, as a filmmaker, as a human being. Maybe I should call it that. Call it something like altogether messed up. Altogether effed up. That'd be a cool podcast. Okay. I'm getting off track here, so I hope you're tracking with me. If you're not, that's okay. Uh, Okay, so where was I? So I go to North Park University, and I spend two years there, and I get a degree in youth ministry at the time as well as a minor in biblical studies. So I graduated in 1998. Dang, I'm old. And at that point, I had met some people who worked in Redwood City, California. And you know what's interesting is I had some potentials to work in i think three different churches at the time and i obviously california that was it when i heard that california was an option this is the deal california was only supposed to be an option for three months (laughs) i had something up something else in michigan and maybe there was two other places midwest maybe one on east coast i don't remember at all so long ago but i came out literally in faith i packed up my Green, seafoam green, Toyota Tercel, boom. It was a 1996 Toyota Tercel, and I drove it out here with some friends. I packed up all that I had, like literally all that I had fit into the back of that Toyota Tercel. It wasn't much. It was like some clothes, some um, CDs. I had a ton of, of CDs, and uh, that was it.
1: <laughs> I think I had a pager.
0: I might have had a pager at the time. So yeah, those things. And I ended up living with people because uh, the church that I was working with put us up in these called what they called host families, because uh, we weren't making any money to basically you know pay rent on our own. And even when I worked for my first um, few um, years, so let me back up. When I was the intern, they ended up asking me to stay full time with this church and become uh, an intern with the college ministry, which was so cool because I didn't really see myself working with middle school students or high school students. I always saw myself working with peers, people my own age, and so I spent 15 years working with college students and young adults, and during that time, I met my wife, and we dated and dated and broke up and broke up and dated and dated and broke up, and then we got married, then we had kids, but 15 years of my life was spent working with 20 somethings Now, granted, I was 20-something for some of that time, then I became 30-something, and then my late mid-30s, I got a sabbatical. And a sabbatical is like a three-month paid leave of absence, which was awesome. My family and I, we, we traveled, We did Hawaii. We did Tahoe. We visited my family back in Chicago. I had spiritual retreats. And it was during that time that a lot of things were stirring and reborn again in me. Because during my time with uh, the church, I got this awesome, like, I really call it an experience, a transcendent experience, where I sensed God speaking to me about my passions for acting. And this is how he did it. There was this woman who was a nanny. She nannied for a child actress in San Francisco. And she would come to our church gatherings, our church services, which were on Sunday morning, of course. And she would see me. And I'm not, um, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm not ashamed I'm not ashamed to say I did a few a fair a fair amount of mining, yes, I did a fair amount of mining in my day. I was mining one time on a Sunday morning. this is like almost early 2000s or late nineties I don't know, and she saw me mine. yes, my mining was that good people, and she approached me afterwards she said, "Hey, I think you have some skill, you have some ability you should um you should get an agent." And when she said that, I, w- I wanted to scream, yes. In fact, I had an agent for um, some years while I was in Chicago and did some work in uh, in the modeling world and commercial world. And maybe I had one little small film role. But when I took on the uh, pastor role, I kind of gave- felt like I had to give that up. Because what would the church ladies think, you know, if I was pursuing acting? That's very self-glorifying. So I thought, you know, and She kept encouraging me. She hounded me. And one day I said, All right, cool. Give me the name, the address, the telephone number. Now, back then, I couldn't just email some selfies. You know, I had to actually get some pictures, headshots, put them in an envelope, lick a stamp, and lick an envelope, and stick it in the mail. You know, and then three days later, I got a phone call from this talent agency that said, Hey, we'd like to talk with you. And then, boom, 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 boom. All of a sudden, I had a representation, but I felt like I had to hide it. I didn't feel as if I could celebrate that because of the connotation that that brought. Again, it brought in that idea that I was being wooed into the world, and you know, and I had to be really clear. Hey, I cannot do beer commercials. I can't do cocktail wine. I can't obviously be on a condom box or anything like that. Literally, no joke. When I was in Chicago, one time I got sent on an audition. This is when I was in college uh, at North Park University. I got sent on an audition and they said, okay, cool, it's a hygiene commercial or hygiene something, something. I go and they're like, can you take your shirt off? I'm like, cool, I wasn't like so confident about my body. I'm like, oh great, I take my shirt off. I'm like, what is this for? Oh, it's for a, a feminine sponge box. Like, what? Nothing against feminine sponges, but I don't want to be on a feminine sponge box <laughs> with my hairy chest. Anyhow, so fast forward, I get this uh, this agent in San Francisco, and I start going on auditions here and there, and I start booking a few things, you know, just here and there, little commercials. I was in a Sprint commercial, super fun. I was in a Pepsi commercial, got to fly down to LA. I was actually in a Pepsi commercial with Britney Spears and Mike Myers, no joke, super fun. But as I'm doing that, I'm just coming alive a little bit. I'm getting excited, and here's the thing: I'm finding these moments, like these strange moments where I felt as if I was hiding or maybe even um, going against God's will for my life, I'm finding these transcendent, sacred, spiritual experiences while I'm on a set. I can't tell you how many conversations I would have with people about God, about deep, meaningful things while you're getting your hair and makeup done or in wardrobe or just waiting around before they roll action. And all of a sudden, slowly but surely, I say, my story is, God began to awaken me, like strangely, like awaken me to what could be with my life. And this is, you know, this is 15 years ago. And that's another idea for the podcast, Strangely Awakened or Awakened Strange, or Strange Awakening. Kind of like that. Put that on the whiteboard. Uh, so, that's where things started to sort of kind of surface in my life. And I had to, uh, honestly, I I had to give some thought to it, but at the same time, I felt I couldn't. In some way, I was fighting this inner battle with God, with myself. Until, I would say, around my sabbatical time, which was in 2012, is when things became really apparent. By that time, I had been doing a lot of acting, and I still would be pretty covert about it. I wouldn't celebrate. I wouldn't talk to many people about it. I would try to keep it on the down low. And that was when I wasn't super active on social media. So I could go on a commercial set or even be in a, an ad of some sort. You know, And then people would find it and they would like tell me. They wouldn't even text me or Facebook me. They saw me in an ad. I'd be like, oh, I saw you in this ad or I saw you on this thing or whatever. Uh, until I did a cocktail ad for like some brandy or something. And then Then I got like, oh, super self-conscious because I thought, oh man, the church people are going to really roast me on this one. But where am I going with this? This is why 20 years, 40 some years later, I'm at this transition of my life going, wow, the narrative of my life. I have been resisting some of the narrative of my life. Slowly but surely, God has been opening me up to the potential and to giving me hope. And so I don't know where you listener, stranger, person, uh, podcast fanatic, I love podcasts by the way, I got to do a whole nother podcast of the podcast that I listen to, but for whatever reason you're tuning in, maybe just because you know me, thank you for tuning in for that reason, just because you know me, but please share this with someone else who might find some hope in this. Uh, I want to be weirdly real on this podcast. That's another good name, weirdly real. That's too cheesy. I said, Two on the nose. I got to stop talking about what the podcast name should be and just talk on the podcast. Sorry. I, I want to be able to share about my journey, and I hope that will be inclusive of a lot of people. I hope people who are curious about their dreams but are afraid to step out into them. I hope I can encourage you. I hope that I can also help people who maybe have been wondering about spirituality, wondering about God, maybe even feel close to God in some way, but far from the church. Because I can understand we, the church, are a weird people. We just are, uh, we, we are. You ask 10 different Christians who are part of 10 different churches about 10 different beliefs, and we all have different beliefs about different things, even different ways that we worship, uh, even different ways that we describe Jesus, even different rules that we live by, whether we want to admit that or not. I want to explore that stuff. I'm at this place where I don't know what the future looks like for my involvement in a church. At this point, I've spent 20 years as a, um, as a pastor. I've been ordained even. I have a, a master's degree in theology now. I went to seminary. It's just so weird. Even all those things, uh, those labels in my life I still feel this inward, awkward, messy journey of trying to accept myself and figure myself out and figure life out. And I love it. And the more and more I talk about it, the more and more I'm cool with it and okay with it. And the more beauty that seems to be coming out, the more stories that seem to be coming out. So I'm hitting this place in my life where here's what I wanna do I wanna write, I wanna direct, and I wanna produce movies and TV. I'm just putting it out there. Name it and claim it. Yeah, maybe. Some of you know what that means, some of you don't. That's weird, right? But I am saying those are goals that I have. (laughs) I am stating those goals because I want to be at a place in my life where I am working on teams and uh, creating and developing developing and initiating original content. Film and TV is my passion. 10 years from now, I want to be running my own TV show. I want to be starting TV shows. Uh, Until then, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm actually applying at places like Netflix and Facebook. Uh, Will we stay in Redwood City, California, or will we move on down south? L.A. is where the work is, and that's where I got to get close to, I think. Um, So join me on the journey. If you are someone who falls in any of that way, trying to figure out your dreams, uh, trying to be creative, and or you're trying to figure out how to connect with God, how to find the sacred and the strange. And when I say strange, I mean life, because life is freaking strange. People are strange. (laughs) People are strange. When you're a stranger, that's at the doors. That's the doors. Yeah. Another um, weird, that's what I'm, am I just going to sing on this podcast? I shouldn't. I should not be singing. People are strange, though, really. And people are hurtful and people are weird. And uh, that's life. That's that's earth. That's planet earth. I am that person. I am a weird person. I've hurt people. Uh, I don't want to harm people, but I know I have harmed people. Uh, I have been harmed and I have been harmed by church people, but I am church people. So I'm going to explore all that stuff. So thanks for joining in for podcast number one for the untitled Tony Stone project, the untitled Tony project. I will hopefully have a name by the time this thing is all figured out, but... I welcome your questions. Follow me on all social media platforms, especially Twitter and Instagram, at Tony Gapastone, and my name is Gapastione. Remember, so every vowel in the Italian pronunciation. G-A-P-A-S-T-I-O-N-E. Embrace the strange, find the sacred in in the mundane. God can speak to you through movies and music and through the creation, through the wilderness, and through the silence, and through a Sunday gathering in a building with a cross on it. Till next time, thanks for listening.
1: If you liked my
0: dad's podcast, please subscribe, give it a review, and share it with someone you think would be encouraged by it. Thanks for listening to Holy Cannoli. Aren't cannolis yummy?